Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have a lot of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. And today, I've got a guest from Texas. Her name is Ashley Wurfs, and Ashley has just finished up her 10th year of teaching. Um, and I'm going to ask her to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her and her life so that those of you out there can see how you can connect. So, Ashley, thank you for being here today and for being a guest. Yes, of course. Well, um, I started off in school. I went to a real small 2A school out in the middle of central Texas, not far from Austin, but um, still a very lengthy drive. We were 30 minutes from the nearest Walmart. Um, and so I, I grew up that way and I had a new band director every other year. Um, and it wasn't until my junior year of high school that I finally got a director that kind of knew what he was doing um, and introduced me to all of the different things. I didn't know that, you know, region band was a contest that even existed. And I finally got to participate in that. And I learned how much fun it could be. And it was in that time period, those two years that I decided I wanted to be a band director as well. And I'd really wanted to be a small school director, knowing that there are so many small schools that don't get quality directors because of pay, because of location, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't like that it took me until my junior year to get someone who knew what they were doing. Um, and so that was my journey. I went up to um, DFW for college, and then I went down to Central Texas again to work um, at a 3A school. Um, I came back up to DFW to work at a 3A school, and um, it's growing. And so I'm not really, I can't call myself a small school director really anymore. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I have um, one four-year-old son, um, and I am raising him as a single mother. Um, beyond that, that's my life right now. Well, there we go. So what Ashley's going to share with us today has to do with work-life balance, and that's kind of a theme here for a lot of us, and maybe that's because it's so true and so urgent. Um, we didn't talk about this back in the 1980s when I was in college, so some of us older folks just didn't get it. We've had to come to some major crises. We talked, you know, I talked with someone yesterday who said that the, um, his job and busyness cost him a marriage. Um, mine manifested in my health after 30 years of, of not having a healthy work-life balance. Um, Ashley said to me when we started talking that she, it wasn't, she didn't get to that crisis point, but it's rather something she's intentionally been working on and practicing and implementing for a long time. So tell us a little bit about why this is something you've just made part of your life. Well, and it wasn't something immediately that I knew because there are, it's pretty known in our profession. It's just how it's been in our culture that direct band directors just stay and work long hours. And that's just what we do because we're there for the kids. Um, but I was um, in a very serious relationship when I started teaching at my first job. And that was the man I ended up getting married to. Um, and he drew attention to it first saying, you know, well, I never get to see you. Um, and then over time, as I had my son, now it's morphed into, well, I really want to make sure that I have quality time with my son. Um, and I've seen some situations with other band directors where they lived in the band hall um, and their family members and their friends um, 
did not speak highly of that situation. Um, and so I wanted to, I've been working on it slowly over time with that. So what, when you say working on it, um, do you sacrifice, not do things at school or do you have processes and procedures? What, what kinds of things do you do? It has been. It, it's processes and procedures because I'm trying to find ways to work more efficiently so that I can get the good quality time done or quality work done, um, not have to sacrifice that necessarily. Um, but to some degree, it does also mean prioritizing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and managing, making sure that I don't give myself such a large to-do list um, that it becomes unmanageable. Um, I think oftentimes we try to create so many, you know, fun experiences for the students and all these things that are well and great. Um, but we do tend to get ourselves bogged down and we can honestly do away with some of them. Some of them are just fluff. Um, and we bring out which events are the most beneficial, are the most enjoyable, um, and thinking about which of those events can, like in the in my case, what can my son come to? You know, I can keep something added on if he can join along with me. That helps. Yeah, and I, it's hard to do in the moment to make those decisions. Like somebody says, hey, could you have the band come do this? And you're just people pleasers, right? We want to do it. And um, I found it's really helpful to pause. Don't answer right away. Stop mm-hmm. and think. And like you were just saying, what's really important? What are the priorities? And you have to really think about that before starting your school year, right? You have mm-hmm. to think about your what what are they going to be the priorities? And something comes up, does it serve your students? Does it serve you? Uh, mm-hmm. First, you should say, can I do this? Can I do this in a reasonable right. amount of time? And you're one of the first people to really talk about literally the gaslighting that we've had, right? Oh, band directors, that's just the thing we do um, and all. But no, it doesn't have to be. We can... We can do lots of cool things with our students, but we we shouldn't ever expect or be expected to not be able to be with our families or even our have our own lives outside of school. I don't think that's healthy. If it becomes right. our obsession, then we expect the students to have it be their obsession, and that burns everybody out. I mean, I learned that the hard way because I was hardcore. Right. Well, and that's been glorified in all the movies about the the teachers and the coaches that just stay at the school because they're poor students, which is this is completely valid. But they're poor students who have a terrible home life and they don't want to go home. And so they say at school so that the kids can have a place to go, which is valid. That's understandable. But at the same time, we do have our own lives as well. I remember back in the day, long time ago, um, mm-hmm. we used to have phone numbers were given out because a lot of times we did stuff. And so kids had our number of parents and I pick up the phone. And one day at, my, at dinner, my daughter goes, why are you always picking up the phone for the band people when we're with you? And it was just like, holy cow, my 12 year old mm-hmm. really, really opened my eyes. And I didn't have a good answer except, well, my ego is so wrapped up in this job. I want to make sure I serve everyone else. And that was, I wasn't serving my own family. That was hard to hear, mm-hmm. but it was, it was right. There was a head director I worked for, for a while. Um, and her, her husband worked in the maintenance as well. So I saw both of them. He would drive the bus on our field trips and, and our band trips. So I would talk to both of them. Um, and her daughter and son were both in the band um, in high school at this time. And he was talking to her husband was talking to me and he was venting about her, honestly. And he goes, he told me that there was a day that their daughter had told him, I know my mom loves me, but she loves band more. And that just 
broke my heart to hear. And I, I hadn't had my son yet at that point, but it, mm. that's when I was like, I'm never <laughs> going to get us to that point. Mm. Yeah. That's harsh to, to mm. hear. And right. it's hard because we recognize that it's true. I mean, I did when my daughter said it, I couldn't argue with her. I was like, dang, but I, now I'm so glad she pointed that out. It was, it was the first wake up call. It took me a while to really get my, to make the changes. Um, when we talked before the podcast, I had said, you know, what, what is your goal for our listeners? Um, and you mentioned about, you know, not having to be a sudden change. So you want to address that a little bit? Cause what would happen if you just said, I want to change it all today? <laughs> well, I can tell you, I would not be able to keep up with it. Um, you know, I get stuck in my structures and my my setup. And if I do a very sudden change, it's going to send me into a very confused spiral. Um, and I will end up missing a lot of details, missing a lot of, I don't know, appointments and things if I just try to change everything about my life right now. <laughs> It's like like beginning band. You don't just say, hey, here's a clarinet. Let's play Ode to Joy or something, something big. Right. You have to step by step. How do we put it together? So making exactly. life changes. If somebody's listening to this today and says, oh, just like Ashley, I'm a single mom or a single dad, or I struggle with these things and, um, and they're starting to figure it out or that they want to make some changes. The key is gradual changes, like you were saying, you know, right. pick something to start with so you can be successful before, you know, taking the next step because- I know we want to all change it. You ever, you ever go to conferences and you see like 10 amazing things, sessions, and then you go back that following Monday and your poor students, you try all of it and then it all fails because you didn't. Yeah. Instead of really looking at it and saying, which one am I going to really try to do? And I want to implement it so it fits me. So, and the same thing goes with work-life balance. The solutions for you are different than the solutions for me and different for the people out there. Um, our circumstances are all different, but we can all strive for I don't know if we call it work-life balance. For me, it's almost a work-life integration because they are so. I live in the community I serve. My own children were in my program for 12 consecutive years. So mm -hmm. it's hard for me to separate it, but right. integrating it in a healthier way has been helpful. Yes. And, and I have ADHD. And so that really, <laughs> I have to be very mindful about the way I approach these kinds of things because I can't just do it. Right. Right. Absolutely. A lot, I think a lot of band directors out there were, are ADHD. I'm, I talked to a lot of them and, mm -hmm. um, and it's such a hard job when you have all the distractions of the noise and the movement and everything too, on top of it. So yeah, ADHD, me, me and my lists, I'm like, checklist. <laughs> so <laughs> lots, yeah, I know we hear this a lot, but I hope that the people listening see that this is such a critical piece if you're going to do this for a long time. And so before we get to our final question, I want to take a minute how I'll, to talk about how our listeners can put some of these practices that we've been talking about in these sessions on Band Director Bootcamp into practice in your own life. Welcome Band Director Bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual bootcamp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So, as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. 
reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. All right, and we're back to find out what advice um, we can get from Ashley before we let her go, um, specifically for newer teachers. So, Ashley, if you have something that you could could offer up, just a little nugget of wisdom yeah. for newer teachers, that would be helpful. I'd say the big thing is that you don't have to wait. Um, I had waited on some changes that I could have made in my life because I assumed it was the head director's responsibility that I didn't have as much control in my job as I actually did. Um, And so I would not fight for the time that I needed or um, anything like that. So I would say, uh, you know, to just, if you think that there is something you need, if you need, like I didn't get enough planning, I didn't get a true planning period for a time period. And I did not fight for that because I assumed that that's just how it was supposed to be. And I'm not the one in charge. And so that's, you know, I went with it. Um, And after a while of that not working out very well, I finally started to fight for it. Um, So if there is something that you need, don't assume that you can live without it because you're not in charge. I would say go for it. Well, that's hard when you're first starting, isn't it? Because you feel Mm -hmm. like, again, the people pleaser in us and we just want to do all the things. But learning to be your own advocate is such a powerful tool because as a band director, you're going to eventually have to advocate for your program, for your students and the like too. And -hmm. if you can't do that for yourself, it's really hard to do it for others. Um, And you talked, that was such an important thing you said about, you know, I just, I didn't have a planning period. And, and when you recognize that you can't get your work done, if you don't have the time to do it, and then you have to figure out what chain of command do I go up? Do I speak to the head director? Do I go to the assistant principal? And there's always ways to handle it. And so as a new person, um, if you have to navigate that and sometimes having another adult or another, another adult, another teacher or mentor who can help you with that because how you handle that is really important. If you had gone in and just started complaining to the head director, as opposed to maybe going in with, Hey, here's what's happening. Here's why it's not okay. And here's a possible solution. Mm -hmm. Probably got a lot further. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be a fight. And that's where, you know, learning to say no is something that a lot of people have been hearing in different jobs, you know, in their work-life balance. Um, But it doesn't necessarily have to be a no. It can be a compromise. It can be, well, I don't have the kind of time to do this, but if we make, if we take it this other route, then it can work for us, you know, Um, then I'm willing to do it that way. You know, those kinds of things can help a lot as well. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to speculate for just one second here. What if you were teaching band and you didn't have this healthy or hadn't decided I'm going to have a healthier work-life balance. I'm going to advocate for myself when I need to. Do you think you'd still be teaching band? Do you think it would be harder? What what do you think would have happened if you hadn't been attentive to this? I know I would because I'm stubborn and I push through this stuff for a long time. Um, I'm, I am pretty bad about just staying stuck in a bad place for a long time thinking, well, it won't always be like this, but then when it does, I realize there's something I need to change. Um, and it probably would have been that I would have quit. I would have found some other route and I, it wouldn't be, I, I mean, I'll be totally honest. It's crossed my mind before. You know, that maybe it is time to make a change, but I love what I do so much. If I can make it work and if I can make these other changes instead, I would much rather go that route. 
So just being aware, there's an awareness Mm -hmm. of, is this the right place and all of the things. Right. I know. And, and things change over time too. Your circumstances will change. So just each year reevaluating. And I did that. I've been 20 years in the same school. And then this year I just, it was time for me to move to something else. And it was a hard choice, but I had to really do some introspection and, and all of that. And I found something that is, has been win-win, but um, an awareness really of, of, what, how things are working and then speaking up when you need to is excellent advice, not just for newer teachers, but for all of us to keep in mind. So awesome. Well, Ashley, thank you very much for being here today. Um, You you brought some, some similar um, theme that you were on the similar theme, but you, you know, through a different lens and we heard some different things um, from you. And so I hope that as our listeners have something they can take away. And so, um, I just want to thank you for being here and thank all of our listeners for making a difference in kids' lives every day through the magic of music education. The work you do matters, and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of Productivity and Wellness Tips to Make Your Life a Little Easier.